On this one, we talk Jalen Brown, Time Lord Returns, Gallo Trade Targets, because what's new? And of course, reasons for optimism next on First to the Floor. He's going to be first to the floor here, and it was Martin Smart as he usually is. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in green and white sacrifice my body. Spoonie here for first to the floor. I am with the man, the legend, as I often am, Jake Eisenberg. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just enjoying the carnage of Celtics Twitter today. <laughs> Very normal. Just a normal day on the internet for everybody. Yeah. And uh, so I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize in advance if I sound terrible. Yeah, sorry. I didn't coughing. even ask you how you are. How That's are you, That's all right, man. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares about this part anyway. So, yeah. Let's let's get into that, man. So our flagship, our crew, Celtics blog, Jack Simone, uh, wrote an article about Jalen Brown today that I will say I thought was a very well-written, well-reasoned, well-researched piece. Um, it's called The Tale of Two Jalen Browns. If you have not read it, definitely go check it out. I would say the reaction by fans <laughs> was mixed at best, maybe not so mixed. Basically, uh, I don't, I don't want to summarize his piece too much because you lose the nuance and i do think he had some nuance in there i always get annoyed when people are like well you wrote how kemba stinks now and it's like well you know that's not exactly what i said <laughs> but yeah um basically he has written a piece that says look jalen brown we know he can score he's a bucket getter he's a great player but he has some serious flaws to his game turns it over too much he's not been a willing passer and he's a horrible off-ball defender so, Jake, what I, I'm, I'm assuming you read the piece. Otherwise, you know, yeah. this will be a short segment. But what were your thoughts when when you read this one? Where are you coming from on Man, it? Man, I think I think it's a good. I think this reaction uh, has says more about how just the Celtics fans are kind of reacted to the first little losing stretch of the season. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. I think it, it may not have been Jalen. It could have been a Marcus Smart piece, and I feel like, um, but Jalen in particular. Uh, is especially polarizing uh, among fans at times. Um, it kind of reminds me of that joke, that uh, Joker quote. Um, you know, you, you talk about one little mare dying and everybody loses their minds. Right. And you talk about Jalen turning the ball over and everybody loses their minds. Um, yeah, I think with Jalen, some of the whoopsies, they're just like so glaring and your visceral eyes, yeah visceral yeah and you know none of our, i would never call myself a high level basketball analyst but like when you see jalen fall asleep off ball or turn the ball over and it's a layup it's like i know that was that was bad that was that's not how it's supposed to look my thing is i think the criticism of jalen kind of feels like um he's being treated as a top five player when in reality you know, he's not. He's a top 20-ish player. He's a number two on a really, really good team. And, like, a lot of other players have flaws as well. Um, for example, like, you can, even at the top of the top of the list, like, Embiid has serious turnover issues and decision-making issues in really high-leverage situations. Luke, uh, you know, Luca can't play defense. Bam, I think a good parallel. Um, a lot of Heat fans are divided on, like, how aggressive Bam should or should not be. Um, it's like, can he actually be? You're at that 23, 25 point score, or are we just kind of asking him to be someone that he's yeah. not? Um, Zion, MVP level performances this year, can't play a lick of defense. Draymond even, like, you know, is able to be a key piece in a um, on a championship course. Giannis can't years. make free throws. <laughs> we could put together a, a low light reel of, of Giannis's uh, air balls from the three-point line. But I think the best comparison is Chris Middleton um, for a few reasons, but obviously yeah, he's the number two on our like number one competitor in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I feel like he's kind of treated as a bit more of a steady hand, be more consistent. Um, but when you zoom out on Chris Middleton, you look at their finals run where they won the championship. Chris had eight games throughout the, fi- uh, the whole playoff run where he shot less than 40%. He had two six for 23 games, five for 16, nine for 26, six, seven for 20. Jalen only had four games at shooting less than 40%. And 
And this is going to surprise some people, I think. Middleton averaged 3.2 turnovers in his finals run, and Jalen averaged 3.1. So the turnover issues that um, there's dad in the chat. That's right. Um, <laughs> we wash JB for 82 games. Exactly right. Like Brogdon's turnovers have been much worse than um, than Jalen's at times over this stretch here. Um, so those Middleton comparisons, I think, you know, he's like their perfect number two that was able to win them a championship. Um, you know, you could argue that Jalen had an as good, if not better playoff run than him just last season. Um, so I think, you know, we just got to cool it a little bit with the expectations on JB. It's like, He's number two. It's okay. He's not perfect. Yeah, and, and I think it in in the piece, again, absolutely read the piece. It's well written, well researched. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with his conclusions. I just think the the types of things he's doing wrong are just not the type. That's right, Michael. That's right, Dad. Dad in the chat. <laughs> Mr. Eisenberg says Jalen is definitely better than Middleton. I will That's die right. on that hill. Absolutely. Um, it's like, yeah, Jalen's going to look bad when you're expecting him to be a primary creator, right? That's just not his skill set. And frankly, it's not what we've asked him to do his entire career. So he never really developed that as a young player because he kind of was born into this off-ball role, and he's always had high-level point guards and then Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, and we've never needed him to do that. He's never really gotten those reps, and now he kind of just is the guy he's going to be at 28 or uh, 26, year old, 26 years old. So um, it just kind of feels to me at some point, it's like you could have written this piece last year. You could have written it the year before. Like, yeah, he's bad at off-ball defense. Yeah, he turns it over a little bit too much. The, the one thing I will say is that the whole team has been fraught with not moving the ball quickly enough, not moving themselves quickly enough, and not not playing that sort of team ball we grew to love in the first 20, 25 games of the season. So uh, I wouldn't say that's Jalen Brown's fault. He has contributed to it somewhat, but so has Tatum. And yeah, you brought up Brogdon. Brogdon has sneaky been... Um, I don't want to mm. say selfish, but forcing things maybe on the offensive end a little bit too much. Uh, and the only guy who's really, truly out there pinging the ball around is Derek White because he knows no other way to play basketball. The mistress. Yeah. yeah. Always. So I don't want to seem like, you know, I, I'm rejecting the piece outright or anything like that. I'm absolutely not. I, I think it was a very worthwhile piece to go read, go check out. I just at some point it's like to your point jake we know who he is right like th these are just some of his flaws and we've got to accept them and yeah but he also drops you know 26 a game on super high efficiency like yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes you take a little bit of bad with the whole bunch of good um so i, I maybe you could probably you could probably, if there's a flaw we have, it's probably being too positive. So, you know, we're showing probably. that side of us. <laughs> that, look, that's a good life. It's a good human trait to have, you know, yeah. look on the, on the bright side of life um, and be hopeful. But yeah, I, I'm, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fun conversation. Like it clearly gets people talking. And I think, yes. like, I think it's just in general, I think it's good for people to come into this with like a, um, you know, a, a good faith arguments. And I think it's okay to, to point out that Jalen's not perfect and be like, it would be great if, you know, you, you could improve on a few of these things as well. Like that, that's an okay thing to, to bring up as well. I think um, the more important focus is just how good and how valuable he is in a, in a league where scoring wings um, that, you know, most teams don't have people to guard. Um, that's, you know, that's the most valuable kind of spot in the NBA. You know, it's the first time this year we're we're flat out like winning the minutes he's playing without Jason mm -hmm. Tatum. So he's doing something right in that way. And that's an incredibly important development that I don't think should get lost. I mean, he has improved as a player. It's just not quite in the ways maybe everybody was expecting, right? He's a killer from mid-range this year. I don't know about yeah. you, Jake, but when he gets Man. into that mid-range, I'm just like, oh, this is two. Yeah, money. That's yeah. why it was weird the, la the last game. Like a few of them just kind of rimmed out and you're like, oh, that's that's just his shot now. Yeah. Don't don't worry about that. Like he has this little escape dribble. He'll be kind of around the baseline and he'll just take one dribble and just continue fading in that direction. And 
I believe he's going to make that shot more than he's going to make a free throw. Granted, he's improved in that aspect um, as well this year. So, yeah. He's going to keep getting better. It's just the the the, the flaws that he has, I'm not sure how, you know, then they might not be something that he's able to kind of just grind out improvement-wise. But if, if you're able to keep expanding his games in, in little other ways, um, the overall impact is all that really matters. And um, we've seen that Jalen can be second best player on a team that can win the finals so yeah and i'd say the off-ball defense is frustrating in the regular season but i don't think it's a problem that we're going to run into in game seven of the nba finals or something like he's just going to be so locked in um as you know (laughs) i'm doing a one-man pod briefly here as jake's taking care of something off the camera but uh the the rubbish bins the rubbish (laughs) trucks are here ah fair enough (laughs) uh but the off-ball defense that feels like regular season problems to me like when he's locked in in the playoffs that's much smaller of a problem and when he really wants to play on ball defense there's few guys better in the nba when he's truly locked in on ball so um regardless great piece go read it we love jalen brown I'm very happy he's a Celtic and he's our second best player. And yeah, I'm with you, Jake. He can be the second best guy on a championship team. No doubt in my mind. Let's get to some fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Time Lord's back. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's playing 17 and a half minutes. You comfortable with that amount, that role? He's kind of Joe's easing him into. Yes. But man, it's uh, I was I was nervous. Like he had that play in the most recent game where he just laid out and got like it looked like he copped a knee in the face like he's doing the time lord stuff where he's just flying around i'm like please stop (laughs) please be careful and i know that you can't you have to let if you're gonna play you're gonna play Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think 18 minutes is is fine i i thought it might be a little lower in the first game but when you see how kind of short um how small amount 18 minutes is i think you're pretty comfortable with it like um, it was kind of four and a half minute stints, it felt like. And honestly, even with, you know, taking the knee into consideration, he was just gassed in the first oh, game yeah. and maybe and, and the second game as well. Um, I'm comfortable with that amount. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes tomorrow now because it's great. that I feel like the two days off came at a perfect time. You're able to really see how his body responded to um, – the NBA NBA games and because that's complete that's the thing you, can, you, can, you can't simulate NBA action no you can get as many shots up you can play pickup but then you know as soon as you get out there um, the adrenaline's going the crowd's in there uh, the garden was going nuts when he came back yeah. on like, that was that was such a great moment um, he hasn't been gone for that long but I think we just all love Rob so much and really understand how important and how impactful he, a healthy Rob can be um on this team. So to see him come back and look very similar to Rob, uh, I know that first qu- uh, first stint, I think he picked up three fouls. Very quick, um, yeah. Which I think was a very, <laughs> very predictable. Yes. Um, just jumping <laughs> at pump fakes a little bit. Um, but then at the same time, the second game comes to mind where, you know, you're, you're watching the pick and roll defense and all of a sudden Rob just Hate to hate to use the word teleport. Teleports into the frame and just obliterates a shot at the rim. Um, to see that is just that's what it's all about. Because like that's what takes this defense that you know is I think sitting at eighth in the league right now. Um, that goes from that to grinding teams into dust. Yeah, and I, I think we'll get to the offensive sputtering in a little bit here. Yeah. But uh, defense is much more controllable than whether your shots go in or not. And having Rob back is going to go such a long way uh, to making the defense back to top three, top two, hopefully top one. And even that first stint, I think he like contested a three. The dude yes. missed it way short. And then he got an alley-oop from Smart on the other end. And I was like, oh, man, I missed this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the three-point contests, it's, there's nothing like it, man. No. In the way that he's able to – and he did he did bite on one that's jumping out of my mind. But he's gotten so much better. You know, you, you look back on the bubble run and he just – he could not – he was defend. unplayable at times. Yeah. yeah. Like, and to see how far he's come and he's so much more controlled and he's able, he understands his, how far back he has to be. Unless it's Steph Curry. And even then he gave, you know, he blocked a Steph Curry three in the finals. Um, guys just don't want to shoot over him and they, they see him coming 
and the, the level of the level of impact he has versus the the cornet eclipse uh there's <laughs> uh yeah it's it's a slightly different level of uh defensive contest yeah i would say so yeah one is a <laughs> bizarre gimmick the other is like something we've never seen in it well they're both something we've never seen in nba yes. history yeah, just for complete opposite reasons uh <laughs> so um what's what's next jake when do you expect i mean at some point he's going to move into the starting lineup right whether that's for al or for grant or for Derek white when do you move him into the starting lineup do you do it tomorrow night against indy and aaron three smith the greatest shooter in the world <laughs> Man, what a game. We, I mean, we'll probably get to the paces later. But he had a yeah. ripper, ripper game uh, against the Knicks. 23, easy. Yeah. 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 I mean, compare that to what House is going through right now. But um, I think, yeah, I think you still, you just ease it in right now. Um, I would like to see him get more minutes with Smart just because mm-hmm. I think, uh, and Tatum will be back next game. I think last season, those were the two guys that were probably the best at finding Rob on lobs. And I, I would like to have give him as many opportunities to, to throw to throw those down as possible. Um, as great as Brogdon is, uh, yeah, he's a score-first point guard. The playmaking isn't something that comes as naturally to him um, as it does to Marcus and even Tatum, really. So that would probably be the change that I would like to see going into the next game is, you know, have more minutes with Tatum and and Smart if, if possible. I, I don't really mind if he starts or not. I just think maybe he goes up to 20 minutes in the next game um, and see how that goes. I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you, when do you bring him back to start? I would like to move him into the starting lineup sooner than later because okay. you got to get reps with Rob, with the starters, right? Who knows when he's going to pick up another knock and go out. And the best version of this team includes Rob Williams on the floor. So the more he can play with Jalen, Jason, and Smart, the better, in my opinion. I will be very interested to see Joe has seemed to favor smaller lineups, yeah. even running Grant at center more, I think, this season than Udoka did all last year. So I'll be interested to see if he goes back to the double bigs or not. Um, we, we we saw it a little. We've seen it. He's gone to that specific yeah. lineup, where we, at least having both Rob and Al out there. You know, now that you say it, like I would enjoy just maybe starting Rob, even if, you know, he comes out just before Tatum comes out, you know, at that six-minute mark, just because – with the way things have tr- trended lately, I would like to get back to as the obliterating level of defense as soon as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you know, the, the feeling of grinding teams into dust is my favorite thing. And that was what was they were so good at last season was these these hot starts weren't necessarily because of the offense. It was because um, they were just destroying people on the other end. And I think if you can bring Rob in to, to start these games and – you you really having teams caught off balance from from a defensive perspective, I think that would be kind of a good way to maybe give them a little jolt um, that they've kind of been missing over these last couple of games. Yeah, I agree. It's like it's, Rob is a complete shot in the arm. You saw it with the crowd. You saw it with yeah, the oh team. Yeah, he comes in and everybody plays a little bit harder. And yeah, we've got Eric Weiss in the chat here. Best version of this team has running a Rob running high handoff offense through the mid post and. Yes. Yeah, oh, he had that. Yeah, that's feel offense, right? That's not set plays. That's yeah. you just like read each other, read the spaces, and Rob finds you. And that's why I want him in that starting lineup, even yeah. if he's only playing twenty minutes, so they can get back that chemistry because it takes a while to develop that. Yeah, there was one play, a great call by by Eric here, where um, they give it to Rob. It was like mid post extended, elbow extended, and Brogdon kind of came around the baseline, fake handoff. Um, and then how that kind of opened up Hauser and Rob just found him super easily. Like that's like the most underrated thing that's about Rob because of how much he jumps off the page athletically, but his passing is just, is at another level for, for a big man. And yeah, creating those easy looks, both, you know, people cutting to the rim and three point attempts. I think, yeah. Okay. Let's do more Rob, more Rob, more Rob, more Rob. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've been, I've probably been like the most cautious person. I'm like, start him at 12 minutes, then 16. But then as soon as the the magic games are happening, I'm sitting next to my dad and I'm like, I don't know. You look in there. Yeah. Like, can we, can we push him out? Just a couple extra minutes. Maybe we win the game. Yeah. But you know, gladly I wasn't in charge that day. 
yeah <laughs> you know he might have been fine who knows although yeah. he yeah he looked gassed gassed but yes. um yeah i'm interested to see how much run he gets and when he comes in whether it's the starting lineup first guy off the bench or what against indy but uh now that the celtics have been sputtering Mm. December 15th has passed. That means <laughs> if we want to, we can trade the Gallo contract. So, Jake, I'm going to throw a, just a couple couple realistic trade targets at you, then one yeah. dream that will yes. absolutely it's, never happen. It's my dream, um, too. That I think we could go at. And earlier we did some Gallo contracts because we love Gallo contract trades because we love talking about trades because <laughs> we're losers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and we were looking for centers <laughs> yeah. then, right? Because yes. we were worried about Cornette. We were worried about the big depth. And I think now with Rob back, Cornette's shown he's at least a feasible third string center. I think now it's wings, especially with Hauser in a cold streak. We just need another body, give the Jays some rest. So my first realistic target, and these are all on teams who stink, is Derek Jones yeah. Jr. from Chicago. He only makes a couple million dollars a year, 35% on threes, only 1.3 a game. Super athletic, decent defender, can make a three. Derek Jones Jr., huh? Yeah, I, I like Derek Jones Jr. I liked him in Miami as well. Yeah, I think this is going to be interesting to see what they do here because it's clear – I, I kind of still personally think that, you know, and Tom in the chat, he's on it. Like he's, you know, it's crazy that people are this concerned after like how well they've played for the majority of season going back until the beginning of 2022 in the second half of last season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Brad thinks of what they need, if they need anything. Cause I think they kind of do have everything they need um, yeah. when they're playing the right way on this roster. That being said, when you are this good and you are this close to winning a championship, if you can make a mini upgrade, um, without giving up too many assets, like can you get Jer Derek Jones Jr. F by throwing in a second? Um, I know me and Z Gamer, we were talking um, in the Twitter DMs about how many second round picks the Celtics have this year. Um, I think we have four going into the yeah, draft. Potentially, I think. Potentially One four, or two yeah. are conditional, but yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we already have my guy, Yuhan Begaron, coming over. So like <laughs> how many guys can we really... I, I checked his stats actually yesterday. The there's a reason we haven't seen his highlights floating around potentially. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think if you can give up a second to get someone like, you know, Derek Jones or some of these other guys you're going to maybe list, I think, you know, bolster, bolster the reinforcements. Yeah, and it's just regular season minutes, man. Like these guys, yeah. I think we've already seen they're kind of getting a little worn down with how fast they're playing on offense and the load the Jays are playing. So just get a wing in there that can eat some minutes. So for this next one, I'm going to Charlotte with Shocking. Z Gamer in the chat. <laughs> Spoons doesn't mention PJ Washington. I'll be surprised. I'm not mentioning PJ Washington only because I've brought him up on like every podcast since the <laughs> summer. So obviously I'd want PJ Washington, but uh, this is a little more realistic. Jalen McDaniels. He's already 25. He shoots it okay from three. He can defend a little bit. Yes, Tom, I know Neesmith put up 23 last yes, night. I, I watched the highlights game, like four yeah. times. Uh, he's 25. He's a, he's, he'll be a free agent at the end of this year. Who knows what direction Charlotte's going? They seem like they're primed for a pretty big teardown coming up here. They may think, let's just get a couple assets for this guy. He's the worst McDaniels, although he's not <laughs> a bad player. Yeah. Um, I would not hate him as sort of a, he's a bigger wing. He's six, nine. So mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a guy we could probably steal from Charlotte and get some minutes out of. Look, haven't watched a lot of Charlotte this year. Uh, yesterday was kind of my first time getting back in now that Haywood and Lamello are back. So I can't say I've seen a heap of Jalen McDaniels <laughs> this year, but from what I've, from what I've seen in throughout his career and like, you know, six foot nine guy that can, that can do stuff. Yeah. It's just, I wonder what the price is going to be. Cause I, I, I feel like someone like that is going to be worth more than a Derek Jones type. Like, you know, someone's going to talk in, talk themselves into he's only 25, you know, one of those guys that maybe still has a little bit of upside. Yeah. I think if, if they could, but again, I think, and Keith Smith, our Celtic, Keith Smith, our Celtics blog colleague, um, not a huge fake trade guy, but, um, the names almost aren't that important, and this is just for fun, but it's yeah. like this type of player that you think that can be got for a second-round pick, whether or not that's including the Gallo contract or coming into the the Wancho TPE. Um, there's a couple of different ways they can go, and I think both of these guys, you know, the, the you have to be 
six foot seven to ride the Boston Celtics ride. <laughs> if, if you're coming in this off season, uh, this season, um, and yeah, I think those two guys fit the bill. Yeah, and then the third one is a 27 year old on Houston, so basically a grandfather compared to the roster yeah. there putting together he just came back from injury he's only played three games he's shooting it pretty well in those three games from three although he is not his entire career jay sean tate big wing can handle the ball can dribble can defend a little bit Uh, i think he'd be an interesting addition and gettable man because what what what's the point of jay sean tate on houston dude jay sean tate is one of my favorite players like he used to play in the nbl it's the Australian League yeah. for the listeners. And so we always kind of keep tabs and hope that the players that come over from the NBL play really well because it just means good things for, for our league in Australia. Sure. And he, Celtics fans would love Jay Sean Tate. He is like Marcus Smart level grit. He's diving on the floor, oh, offensive yeah. rebounds, like jolt of energy. He can guard up um, multiple positions. Yeah, so he doesn't. he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Doesn't fit the requirements. He's bigger than that, though. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. he plays huge yeah. um, for for his size. So this is oh, chef's kiss, great choice, experience, and yeah, th- you have to think that Thank he's you. gettable from from rock from the Rockets. You like what what point to like is if you can get an asset back for him? We have their second, unless they're thirty first or thirty second. So right. we could maybe give him. That's a nice second, man. Thirty third, thirty fourth. Yeah. That's a nice piece. And okay. you know, again, he's twenty seven. Like. What what are, what's Houston doing? They're not anywhere near competing. No. He's going to be like thirty five by the team that by the time they're a, they're a good team. So oh, and love that. And the last one, the dream, never going to happen. We can move on very quickly. Um, OG Ananobi. Oh man, uh, <laughs> stop it! This would because yeah, We'd I'm be always so good. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of chat in like the um uh the podcast sphere today zach lowe was talking about him on his podcast i know kevin o'connor and verno had a big back and forth Uh, yeah Um, because the the lows and the kocs are making it seem like the price for og ananobi is going to be like four first round picks and that seems a little crazy to me like i know like he, he is like a superstar role player but he's a role player right so i'm like I'm not sure there's going to be a team that's going to talk themselves into giving them giving up more than two first round picks. The fake trade that I posted on the on the timeline today was Grant, Derek White, plus two first round picks for OG Ananobi. Um, the trade machine says that worked. I don't like you know I'm not a scientist, so um, I'm not sure if that actually works with exceptions and stuff. I know Grant's free, uh, restricted, so that the um, the Raptors would have to pay him, but OG's making 17. I, I think that's probably about um, the maximum side of what Grant probably ends up getting. Um, yeah. And if you're getting two first round picks, Derek White's on a good contract. Um, you think you they could flip what if they're truly blowing it up? They yeah. could flip White for more for assets sure. pretty easily. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we never know how what the asking prices, what the real prices are for for things like this. But yeah. um, I would be kind of willing to go pretty hard on OG, like a lineup of Rob, OG, Tatum, Jalen, and Smart. <laughs> what do you is do? Just disgusting. <laughs> or that Al. Is, I mean, with those like, guys, just five just, out. Um, well, yeah, you, you go double bigs and then it's yeah. like OG, Tatum, and Jalen. It's like, what <laughs> what the, what is happening here? Because um, OG is kind of just like the super, super Saiyan um, elite version of Grant, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's like, if the top 99.9th percentile of what Grant Williams could become is OG Ananobi. So, and plus he's got room to grow. Yeah. There's two good ones in the chat. Eric Weiss yeah. says Gary Trent. I think it's along the same line of thinking. Bigger wing. He can shoot the lights out, although I think he's yeah. a little down this year. Um, not the defensive player OG is, but I think a, certainly he's a solid better. OG. Yeah. certainly a better off off ball shooter which is what you need on this team there's not going to be a lot of ball to go around and then uh z gamer says old friend javante green we could actually mm. use gala's contract to get jones and javante because they both make such a small amount of money mm. so yeah we could toss little seconds get two good bench wings i don't know i kind of like that. Tate, Tate, i love the tatum's best friend coming yeah. home thing as angle yeah. as well dude and javante would fit so well on this team now yeah. that we have the shooting and the spacing like i feel i feel like we kind of we saw the the upside 
as from a role player perspective for Javante, right? Like hyperactive, hyperathletic, like getting in passing lanes, getting easy points off fast breaks, um, puts in the effort on defense, can can make plays on that end as well. Yeah, I would I would love that. And yeah, I, look, now that we're talking about it, it would be nice to just have like one more guy that you can throw out there that's more a three um, than the, and, the guard that we guards that we have. And I really like Hauser, but teams yeah. have realized they can just attack him on a closeout, and he's not going to punish him. And yeah. and like Javante, you attack Javante on a closeout, you're getting dunked on. Dunked on. Same yeah. things with Derek Derek Jones Jr. Although I think he's a, I don't trust Derek Jones Jr.'s handle as much as Javante, but <laughs> <laughs> Javante shoot thirty nine percent from three too. <laughs> yeah, he, he he'll take a take and make some wide open threes. No question, he's made a couple of them against the Celtics. Um, yeah, no, this is a. This is going to be interesting. When's the trade deadline? Is it like you said? It's like March. March. Yeah, yeah it's so we March. To, we have, oh man, so much time. Can't wait. Yes, sir. Jackson All right. Hayes, so yeah. let's move on from uh, from the the trade targets here. I think Jackson we got a Hayes, lot of good ones. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I like the Jackson Hayes from Mitchell Marshall in the chat. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. Um, he yeah, makes almost exactly the same amount as Gallo. And yeah, he's not playing. And he showed last mm. year he could, he had some ball skills. He could shoot it a little bit. He Play a little four. Yeah, play a little four. Um, I think it would be good Rob insurance. Um, yeah. So that'd Ooh. be a good target too. Can't, and we didn't talk about Cam Reddish just because I don't remember his name was yeah. thrown out. Yeah. I'm not a Cam Reddish guy. I'm not either. Okay. <laughs> but not at all. I get it. But I like. I get you the know, thinking. It's a pretty the crap same situations lines. in New yeah. York and Atlanta. You know, you come into the the ecosystem of of Boston, and maybe things turn around a little bit. But here's what I, I think the problem with Cam Reddish is: <laughs> Cam Reddish thinks he's Jason Tatum, right? Yes, and that's maybe correct. maybe it's not the situations. Maybe it's the Cam Reddish making yeah. the situations worse than they are. Like I think if he would just accept his role and who the F is Cam Reddish yet, yeah, Tom, I feel you on that. He's uh, <laughs> not very good. I can give you that much. And he's on the Knicks. Don't bother looking up his highlights because there aren't many, but yeah, um, really. Huh? anyway. All right. Yeah. The Celtics have lost four out of five. We're both way too happy for that, Jake. But <laughs> I, know. I looked up. All right. We're hoping we're a finals contender. Are there any other finals contenders who have gone through similarly dark days, right? The nadir of the Boston Celtics season (laughs) right now, unless they lose again, then we're really in trouble. So I've got four teams here that I just want to, let me just throw this out at you and then I'll give you the floor, Jake. So 1819 Golden State Warriors, they lost in the finals to the Raptors because they got super injured. They lost 57 wins. They lost five out of six games in November and three out of four in February and March. The 1819 Raptors won the championship, 58 wins, lost three out of four two different times. 1718 Rockets, they're 27 straight missed threes away from going to the finals where they probably would have destroyed Cleveland. They lost in seven in the Western conference finals to golden state. They lost five games straight in December, the 20th to the 29th. And then your team, Jake, the team you've been comparing the Celtics to since Ah, this summer, the 13, 14 Spurs, 62 wins, won the championship. And I kid you not, in mid to late January of that year, they lost four out of five games. So have we lost the finals already? Because we lost four <laughs> out of five in December, Jake. Everybody calm down. Yeah. That is actually the title of the blog I wrote for this episode on Celtics yeah. blog. Not kidding. Amazing. Well, it's like, to quote the, the great Sam Jam Packard, the season doesn't start until after Christmas. It's like, this season is so long and, you know, there was, there was a Celtics blog round table where they kind of dived into the different levels of worry, etc. Um, what I, my take on this is that, you know, we know, like, this is a fact that Jalen, Jason and Marcus Smart win games in the NBA consistently yeah. at a high level. There is no team in the NBA that has won more games outside of the um, Warriors in the past like five years than the Boston Celtics. 
and that's because Jalen, Jason, and Marcus Smart, yep. and Al Horford, for the most part as right. well, have been on the Boston Celtics. Now, something that we know and maybe not love about this team, though, is they are prone to falling into some bad habits time to time. It's just, yeah. it's just human nature. Yeah. And, like, they're just going through one of those classic things that they do. Um, and they always, you know, they always write the ship. It, 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 it's a good test, I think, for them. You know, like Tatum, you know, he copped a little bit of flack, I think, un- completely unfairly for missing one game. Um, but, you know, he's going to come back ready to go. I think this is, a, this is a team that's, you know, it's a good opportunity. It's coming at a good time to try and write the ship. It's Missoula's kind of first test as, um, you know, the new coach and going through some adversity. So... I think this is um, it's it's a good test. I think it's no reason for panic because we know these guys um, are really freaking good and have been really freaking good for like half a decade now. Uh, yeah, teams lose games sometimes. Eighty-two of them. Yeah, and it, sometimes it's almost like random when they occur, and it's weird that they occurred together like this. But um, you know, we were missing both of our starting centers for a couple of those losses. We were missing Jason Tatum for one, and we've historically been absolutely terrible when Jason Tatum doesn't yes. play. So it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise. But like the Magic games, Paulo shooting like twenty-five percent from three coming into those games, went nine of fifteen in two games, six of seven in game two. He goes four of seven. That's a win, you know, and that's still way better than his season average. Just like we weren't going to shoot over 40% from three for the rest of the year. We're not going to shoot 28.6%, which is what we've been shooting in this little five game stretch. And Rob's just getting back up to speed. You know what I mean? Like Rob is back. He's coming back. He's getting healthy. He's going to have a huge impact on this team. Yeah. Um, And on this, I've, I've got a clip here. Um, to run. This is like the second half offense um, against the Magic game. I think no doubt that that first half against the Magic in the second game was dreadful. I think the process wasn't just missing shots. The process was bad. Um, The defense wasn't good. The second half, I think they actually played well. They just missed shots. I'm going to run this um, and it's just going to kind of show you like some stuff where they clearly should have. You know, Marcus, how many times have we seen him make this shot? He gets right to the rim, right. misses that left-handed layup. On good action, you know, yeah. hand off. Yeah, he gets Posting right the lane. Like, wide, wide open, wide open Helford, Helford yeah. in and out. Derek White, Jalen Pumphex, gets to the rim like everybody's asking, makes a beautiful pass to Rob, who like just misses a wide open layup. Yeah, bunny. Yeah. Okay, this three-on-one fast break just should have been a layup. They opted for a transition three, but Brogdon's been 50% from three. It's not a bad shot. You know, drive, kick, Grant in the corner, just a little long. It's like over and over again, the process was good. Beautiful screen by Rob. You love to see it. Jalen wide open on a catch and shoot. It's just like. Jalen okay, wide open on a catch and shoot again. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful offensive rebound from Smart. Jalen drives this one, finds him in the corner. Some really nice plays from Jalen actually in these clips. Clank. It's just like, and then how many times have we seen Jalen make this shot right here? Yeah, the little Going to the left, making that little get fouled. Like. There was that on those alone, like they should just won the game. So when I went back and watched all the field goals from the second half of the Magic game, I was actually surprised because of the reaction. I had kind of been like, oh, that game must have been worse worse than it actually was. So when I went back and watched it, I was like, oh, they played well. Like Admiral Schofield hit three threes or whatever it was. Right. These things happen. And they still only scored 95 points. With Paulo going yeah. six of seven from three and Admiral Schofield making three That's right. threes. The Magic shot 41% the, from three. The defense was incredible that game, yes. man. So I, I'm fine with the process. And actually, I've got a clip from Joe. I think you could say Joe yeah. probably agrees with us. Joe, um, another tough uh, three-point shooting night. You've liked the looks that this team's generated. Uh, how did you like them tonight? And when you're in this extended slump, do you have to kind of adjust your approach at all offensively? Uh, I like the shots that we got. No, you don't adjust your approach. And um, what do you think it is that leads to Is this just kind of a natural thing that pops up throughout the season? Are guys kind of getting down on themselves? What do you think kind of led to this low extent? Um, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, over the course of the season, we shot the ball so well to start that, you know, there's naturally going to be a small decline. So we just have to, you know, maintain our confidence and our trust. You know, we have really good shooters, so. Just have to stick with it. I love it. Brad Stevens clone. It's like, I, 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 I even said this after the Phoenix win. 
it's like, I'm glad I'm not one of the players or the coaches because I'm way too high right now. And and Tatum, like his his post-game comments post that game, like post the Warriors loss are the same. It's like one game, one little stretch in the season is not going to make or break your season. Um, yeah, great call. And me and Eric were going um, back and forth on Twitter as well. Um, getting back to the way that the offense was working, you know, cutting behind switches, flip triple handoffs with rescreening. Um, getting back to like what was really making them an amazing offense. It wasn't just like, yes, they were shooting at a ridiculous rate, but we were like, we were amazed by how much off ball cutting that Tatum was doing, screening that Tatum was doing. Um, It kind of felt like the old Brad Stevens adage of just hit singles. Um, And the last few games, it's felt like the players have been trying to like dig themselves out of this little skid, like one big three at a time. Yes. So I think just getting back to that. um, And then like, okay, this stretch has been bad, right? Last five games, they still have the eighth best defense. They have the lot worst offense in the league in that five By games. By far, <laughs> but um, but the defense has has turned around. Like if you like, clearly they're not they're going to be a good shooting team. Like they have good shooters on this team. Um, it's going to you know level out um, somewhere in between where they were before and now. Um, but the defense has come around the last fifteen games. Um, the the defense is fifth in the league, and now Rob's back. And I think um, as great as the offense has been. Uh, I think that is what we all want to see. We want to see that identity kind of come back because shots are going to get missed. It's like, what can you do when your offense isn't working? To quote my dad who was in the chat earlier, you know, no matter how you're playing an offense, you can always play hard on defense. Right. Like, and I think, and I think they said this in their post game as well. It's like there was, you know, they're letting their offense impact other parts of their game. And that's just one, how they're playing offense and two, affecting uh, even though they've been playing defense, I think um, impacting their defense a little bit as well. And so once that defense cranks up, it won't matter. And then you get transition opportunities. Yeah. And we've been weirdly not forcing turnovers. So you think at some point that's mm-hmm. going to turn a little bit as well. Um, I'd like to see us post up a little bit more, especially Marcus Smart. I feel like we always get good looks out of Marcus Smart posts up. So yeah. I'd be interested to see. If, um, especially Fultz is a pretty big point guard. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Smart could give Halliburton some fits down on the block. He's kind of a weaker, slender guy. So uh, we always get great looks out of that. You saw the clip you just ran. Al got a wide open three off a Marcus Smart post up. And yeah, just Rob is like a perpetual offensive motion machine, right? You can just like run a simple pick and roll with Rob. And as long as he hits that screen nice and square, it's on, dude. Like the defense <laughs> has to scramble. They got to send help from the weak side to to uh, get to Rob. And then either you can just flick it up to Rob and he's dunking it or making the right read and the right pass and it's pinpoint on target all the time. And then all of a sudden that ball movement, that motion started. And that's just off simple pick and roll action because Rob is that much of a destructive force uh, yeah. as, a, as a vertical spacer. So I think Rob will help big time too. And yeah, just – get back to sharing the ball a little bit more because I do think there's been times where we've yes, been for sure. a little bit selfish. We've, we fell in love with the first half decent three that we see yeah. and walk it up the court faster. Please. Yes, please. Yes. Stop yes, starting yes. your offense with 15 seconds yes, on the shot clock. Yes. God, yes. Drive yes. me nuts. Oh my Lord. Yes. <laughs> That's, and they weren't doing that early in the season. And again, this comes back to what I was saying about the habits, right? I think, you know, Old, old habits die hard. And I think that, you know, over a couple of years there, um, I'm going to blame it all on Kyrie. Um, they formed a, <laughs> formed a few bad habits. Yeah. Um, and that hero ball stuff. I think it's just an NBA thing in general. Like these guys want to um, you know, take some of those shots and they look freaking good um, when they go down. But um, And, you know, you hear the noise, best offense in the league, best scoring duo since Kobe and Shaq, et cetera. Um, so let's just kind of get back to what was working. Um yeah. Do you yeah. want to do you want to do my little um yeah, team dude, comp please. confidence scale? Take it away. <laughs> so, um instead of how worried we are, it's how confident are you in the Celtics still? And it's a 1 through 5 scale. <laughs> 1 being the 86 Celtics, you know, one of the best teams of all time. 08 Cs, when I went back and was like looking through their, you know, to find if they stumbled. That no, was not a really. season. <laughs> they, was, yeah. they win 67. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts, right? So clear title favorite all year. I think a three is kind of last season. Like 
level of confidence where if they just are a bit more poised experience, they maybe win the title. The bubble sees if Hayward doesn't get injured in the first round, do they make the finals? And then the 2018 Hospital Celtics rookie Tatum run. Um, super fun, but we actually we know we actually can't win a title. So um, where are you on the on the Celtics start history scale? Z Gamer's <laughs> giving me giving me guff because I said 66 <laughs> wins. I 66 did. Handed, I gotta quit the podcast. <laughs> um yeah, I, I think um I'm probably somewhere between 08 Celtics and 21-22 Celtics. And if I had to pick, I'd say 21-22 Celtics because I do think, one, that 08 team, they were just veterans, man. Like they just knew how to win basketball games, no matter the score, no matter the type of team they were playing. And that defense was so incredibly elite that it almost felt like inevitable that team was going to win the championship. Um, not quite as much as the 88, 86 Celtics, but, yeah. you know, pretty close. I'm not quite there with this team. I, I could see them flame out in the Eastern Conference finals. And then, you know, if they get the Bucks in the second round, I could see us losing to the Bucks. Yeah. I would probably make us the slight favorites, but it would not be a runaway. It would probably go seven. So, yeah, I'm probably close, much closer to last year's Celtics than I am the 08 Celtics. How about yourself, Jake? Yeah, I think I'm in the th- three-plus range. Like, I think that once they get – like their their ceiling is higher than last Definitely. season's team. Definitely. Right? I think that's that's kind of pretty obvious for several reasons. Internal growth from the Jays, Grant, um, healthier Rob, adding Brogdon, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, that being said, I don't think they're head and shoulders above the rest of mostly just Milwaukee. Um, I don't think there's anyone in the West that really scares me. Um but yeah, so I think that's that's where I am, and I think that's where some of the like the tension and like the freak out stuff comes from. Like some of the fans is that um, they've kind of set their bar and expectations a little too high. It's like the the Celtics aren't clear runaway title favorites, and if that's that's just like kind of an unfair expectation to have for pretty much any team. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think just you know, winning a title is freaking hard. Like it is. It's hard. And yeah, so it, runaway yeah. title favorites are like the KD Warriors, man. Yeah. Those teams come around are like the LeBron Heatles. Heatles, like yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this team is not that, and that's okay. They're right there, though. I mean, they're yeah. firmly in the mix and can win a title this year. And that's all you can really ask for out of your team. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think m- what we want is we want to see them get back, back on track and continue to build the championship has- habits, continue to be those. You know, Kaizen Warriors that Brad has, you know, built from the from the ground up. And again, as I said, I think that um, we've been through this many times. I can, I think this, around this time, like a couple years ago, this is like pre, just before COVID happened, they lost like a crappy game to the Pistons. And it was in the midst of them just like not, not kind of caring. It was that, yeah. you know, and, and it was like, we know that they ended up winning 55 games. And um, even when you read those lists off of those championship teams, it's like, it's hard to win 60 games. Yes. Even. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, that's just so many games. So, yeah, I think uh, not too high, not too low. Just stick with the process, build those habits. You're going to lose some games. That's just what happens. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've gotten, a, haven't lost many. So we're doing yeah. a very bad job of coping with it. I'll say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we get out of here, Jake, two things. Yeah. Tom said if I had $100 to spend it on the Celtics betting, I would give it to Spoons. That is a terrible idea, man. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I do not win a lot of bets. I'll say that. Although I do not bet often. But anyway, Jake, real quick, the Pacers tomorrow. Hmm. Aaron Neesmith, Halliburton, Miles Turner. They're kind of a fun team. I expect yeah. this to go up and down. They don't really play defense, but they do turn teams over. So they've got a horrible defense, but they're fifth in opponent turnover percentage. So uh, what are your thoughts on Neesmith and the boys on Wednesday and then the Christmas game day against the Bucks? Where are you at? Neesmith and the boys. I love it. Man, I watched the Pacers uh, against the Knicks earlier this week. And one, I'm just very happy for Neesmith. Like he's dunking and hitting some threes and he's jumping around, tongue out, shaking his head. He's got... He's got a new hair thing he's going on. He's got the on, hair looks like. great, dude. Yeah, he's got like, the mohawk good. going on. Hair looks yeah. good. He's a good looking rooster, no question. Um, 
These guys are fun. And I feel like the Pacers have given us problems, even when they've been bad at times over the last couple of years, like Halliburton just pulling up from deep. Um, the defense will be tested because he is an elite pick and roll, you know, initiator and maestro. And yeah. I think the pick and roll defense has been suspect relatively frequently this year. So that's going to be something to watch. Um, they should be able to kind of get back on track offensively, though. I think, you know, Halliburton, you know, he's not Trey Young at all, but um, you can definitely take advantage of him down low. I know, you know, as much as we love Neesmith, like off-ball cuts, jab steps, Pump throw him off balance. He's going to be so hyped up. Uh, yeah, I would expect Neesmith to go into the stands. He's going to jump into the basket at some <laughs> point. Like, yeah, he's going to be wild, so... Yeah, One thing I'd say to look out for, um, our transition defense has been pretty bad recently, and that's mm. just straight effort. And Halliburton will kill you in mm-hmm. transition. If and and math, Ben Math, he flies up and down the court too, and Neesmith too. So yeah. we've got to get back on defense against this team, or we will lose the game. Um, anyway, <laughs> before we go, Jake, Bucks, win or loss, what do you think? Gotta think they get the W tomorrow, right? Two days off. Tatum with extra rest, Rob two days off. Yeah, I got to think, got to think it's a win here. That'll be pretty heavily favored tomorrow, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, then- uh, I, I think tomorrow heavily favored the Bucks. I would say it's probably about even money. Um, yeah. I think if we get back on track tomorrow, I like our chances against the Bucks. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, man, talk about a big game. Like, especially Christmas-wise, now you've lost AD and you've lost Steph. Like, the Celtics and the Bucks are kind of carrying Christmas now at some point. Um, so, yeah, uh, and yes, the amount of, the amount of, I think you used the word guff earlier to look that one up, but I, I think I got it from context clues. The amount of guff that Celtics and Bucks fans have been talking to each other yeah. since the second round of last season has been on the high level. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun day to be on Twitter if we win and a time to get off the internet if we lose. Yeah, that's going to be, I, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Either way, man, that that's it's gonna, gonna be toxic. Be, we know that. Yeah, that's toxic. the one thing we know. <laughs> but like watching the Bucks Pelicans game yesterday, like you know, people were talking about how the Bucks have kind of changed their off their defensive strategy to give up less threes. They just dared Valanciunas to to shoot threes all game, and he had thirty seven points, and he yeah. was seven for ten from three. It's like any chance Bud gets to like leave a valve open and like over over guard one other way, um, he kind of takes it. Yeah, so Brook in that drop, I think the Celtics have kind of proven throughout several years now that we were, we're kind of able to to score on the Bucs and yeah. we've had some of our best shooting nights against the Bucs over the years. So hopefully it's one of those nights where it's just a freaking avalanche of threes. Tomorrow night would be a nice night to refine the shooting stroke. Yeah, I'll be. say that. It would so. be. All right, Jake, that's going to do it for this one. Love your work, man. Thanks for joining us, everybody in the chat. That was fun, lively chat. We appreciate it. First of the floor, out. <laughs> <laughs>